Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Welcome to another edition of the State of the Saints podcast live. Uh, special shout out to everybody that's checking out this live right now. I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. This is the lunchtime edition. And most of you probably already know, uh, normally, um, if I'm at work and I got a little time on my hands, um, I'll go live and answer some questions from the Who That Nation. So I'm um, going to do that for a little while. Uh, hope everybody's having a great and productive day so far. It's about 12 noon here, or almost 12 noon here on the East Coast here in South Carolina. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the New Orleans Saints, man. And the topic uh, that I want to talk about is the Saints camp bubble. Now, um, we know for... Uh, probably about a week and a half now, Sean Payton has created a bubble for his team. And, and with this bubble, um, he gave these players options, as well as his coaching staff, that they can actually stay in a hotel. Um, the, the New Orleans Saints organization booked up a hotel, uh, give these uh, NFL players uh, opportunity and option to actually stay at the hotel where they don't have to go home and they don't have to worry about possibly going out and interacting with individuals that could possibly cause them to contract COVID-19. Now, the New Orleans Saints are, are at this particular time, uh, 0% COVID-19. Okay, 0% COVID-19. Nobody on the team has it. Uh, I think there was a, a report last week, Zach Wood and uh, Caden Ellis, uh, they were in protocol, but it turns out, um, I think uh, Zach Wood's test was, uh, wasn't – on up and up, and I don't think Caden Ellis, uh, I don't think he had it at all. I think it was a little bit of a precaution. So the New Orleans Saints are COVID-19 free, and that's the good thing. And I think that Sean Payton wants to keep it that way, and I completely understand. Look, I completely understand why Sean Payton is going all out and making sure that he has his team around one another because, you know, the fact that, you know, we are dealing with, the, these unforeseen circumstances right now, nobody saw this coming. The fact that the whole entire world shut down, not just the United States, but the entire world shut down due to the coronavirus. And Sean Payton um, understands that his team didn't have no OTAs. They didn't have minicamp. They didn't have any rookie minicamp, which is very, very uh, dangerous and, and could stunt the growth of their rookies. So, he wants to make sure that he doesn't have any outside distractions. And we know that Sean Payton does not like distractions at all. He will get rid of a distraction at the drop of a hat, no matter if that distraction is beneficial to the team or not. We've seen that when it came to Brandon Cooks, Akeem Hicks, Junior Collette, uh, the list goes on and on. So uh, Sean Payton wants to make sure he doesn't have any outside distractions. He wants to make sure that nothing comes into his team that can cause them to be set back. You have rookies on this team that could make a lot of noise this season. And these guys have to be focused. And one thing you don't want them to be focused on is trying to keep themselves well because they contracted COVID-19 or a player on the team. And it's not just about star players either. You know what I'm saying? It's not about guys who just have a whole bunch of money that can uh, be, uh, you know, a, a very integral part of the success of the team. It can be a player that's on the practice squad that goes out here and be selfish or a player that's on the bubble. He can go out here and interact with somebody. He can bring it back to the team. So it's, it's, you have to be very, very careful uh, to make sure that you have a plan in place. And Sean Payton has done an outstanding job so far. And it looks like uh, a lot of teams are following suit here. You know, I'm looking at some of these articles and you have players that actually decided to create bubbles for themselves. Uh, meaning that they decided to uh, rather, you know, if they're single guys, you know, they're staying, uh, you know, in apartments together, uh, you know what I'm saying, they're staying, you know what I'm saying, in, in facilities together, you know what I'm saying, to make sure that they don't go out there in, in the outside world and cause it. So it looked like Sean Payton was on to something. And I think that eventually the NFL is going to do this because I cannot see the NFL going a whole entire season without having a couple players. And I'm not just talking about uh, some no-name no guys, some unknown guys, but I'm talking about some actual star power players that can contract COVID-19 and is going to mess with the ratings and is going to mess with the money of the NFL. Now, just imagine somebody like Tom Brady or even Drew Brees, knock on wood, 
contract COVID-19. I mean, honestly, nobody wanted to see no, no, um, no disrespect to uh, Ryan, um, Ryan Griffin, you know what I'm saying? But ain't nobody checking for no Ryan Griffin playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on live TV on primetime, okay? Maybe Jameis Winston, you know what I'm saying? The Saints can kind of slide with that if something happened to Drew Brees. But nobody ain't checking for no Jerry Stidham over no Cam Newton. Ain't nobody checking for no, you know, ain't nobody checking for no backup quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying, to be playing on live TV in primetime. So they want to make sure that these guys are safe. And I think that's a smart move by Sean Payton. I think that it's a brilliant move uh, by him, you know what I'm saying, always thinking ahead. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Uh, good morning. Good to see you this morning, big brother. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. I'm strolling right now. I apologize if you see my finger. I'm actually trying to get the questions. Uh, let's see. Derek says, uh, I got a question. Uh, what is the status on the fans? I'm still watching, but our fans are the best. Uh, Derek, uh, the status on the fans, I haven't heard anything yet. The only teams that I heard that are not going to allow uh, fans to come to the games, uh, the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins, uh, they're, they're not uh, going to allow fans into the stands. And also the Las Vegas Raiders, those are the only two teams that I, I, that I heard that went ahead and made that commitment. You know what I'm saying? So that that is the only that is the only teams that I can think of uh, that say that we're not going to have fans. As far as the Saints are concerned, uh, the only articles and only reports that I heard is the first ten rows of, of the Superdome are going to be tarped off. You know what I'm saying? To not allow uh, you know I guess players to be close to fans. So that's the only thing that I heard so far. Uh, let's see. The red mat behind TJ. Thank you very much for $2. Says, I look way better than that blue mat. <laughs> but thank you very much, man. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, that, that's uh, that's our uh, soundproof, man. You know, when we, I'm in a, uh, the, the boot right now, you know, it's, it's to, you know, block out some of the echo inside of the room. So that's what those are used for, for those that don't know. Uh, Tim, what's going on? The host of the State of the Saints podcast, uh, uh, how would you like to see Murray and Kamara snap splits this season? Um, well, how would I like to see them split? I like to see them. I like to see Alvin Kamara, of course, start um, over over uh, Latavius Murray. But I would like to see Latavius Murray uh, make a little bit of noise as well. I think they need to have a balanced attack, and um, and there's nothing wrong every now and then with going with the hot hand. For example, if Latavius Murray is hot. You know, allow him to run the football, okay? If Elvin Kamara is high, allow him to get the majority of the carries. But as long as they are running a football and they got, like, a good rhythm going, I think that, you know, Elvin Kamara should start. I'm interested to see how he's going to play this season. And I think the Saints need to use uh, Latavius Murray, especially in, like, some of those short yardage situations because I feel like he, he thrives in, in, in those type of moments. Uh, let's see. Ace uh, says... I apologize for my finger, folks. Uh, it says, uh, let me see. How do you feel about the, uh, the undrafted free agents and rookies not getting any action this preseason? Uh, Ace, um, I think that is very critical uh, to them actually possibly making a team. Um, I'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, what draft player would you like to see? I'll answer both of your questions at the same time. So let me... I'll go ahead and answer both of them, Ace and William. Okay, so number one, uh, how do I feel about the undrafted free agents and the rookies not getting preseason? I think it's going to stunt their growth. Um, the fact that you have to wait till week one to get rid of all those jitters and stuff like that, I think you're going to see a lot of mistakes. I think you're going to see a whole lot of mistakes uh, in the, the first uh, part of the season, you know what I'm saying, because the guys are going to be kind of nervous and everything like that. And I also think that it's not going to give the coaching staff a good chance to actually take a look, uh, actually take a look at um, some of these players. And you might end up uh, getting rid of a player that might go on to another team and be really, really good because you didn't have a real opportunity to actually evaluate those players. But you can also look at the fact that other teams don't have film on these guys unless, I don't know if the NFL or, or organizations made some kind of pack where, they're recording training camp and stuff like that where teams can actually take a look at some of the, the guys that's in there, you know what I'm saying? So if they decide to get cut, 
You know, maybe some of that camp footage can be used for them to actually make the squad of, of another team. So I don't know if they, they thought about that or uh, they agreed to something, but it is going to affect them. And um, what rookie am I looking forward to seeing? Um, I have to say Zach Bond. You know what I'm saying? Zach Bond and Adam Troutman are two guys that I'm looking forward to seeing. A lot of people have high expectations for Adam Troutman. Um, I got high expectations for Zach Bond. I think that he's going to be a really good linebacker, and I think he's going to make a lot of noise this season. Let's see. Uh, TJ's Pockets <laughs> says, I don't match the rest of your shirt, bro. <laughs> Oh uh, man, thank you very much, man, for the for the two dollars. Uh, you're definitely right. You know what I'm saying? I don't know why. You know, I mean, that's the way the shirt is. Shirt come from Express, so I guess that's their way of uh, expressing themselves. So I don't know, but uh, I thought it was. I think it's a pretty nice shirt, man. I like this shirt. One of my favorite shirts right here. Uh, Murray uh, uh, Tim says I see. Uh, use Murray and a third down and short down works in Madden every time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works in Madden, but it's not to say that it's going to work in, in, you know, in actual real time. And I don't feel like Latavius Murray is a, just a third down guy, uh, Tim. I think that he's much more than that. I think he needs to be used more than that. I think that uh, the Saints uh, need to utilize him all, all around. You know what I'm saying? I think that uh, he is a good running back. I just think that teams never really fully invested in Latavius. They always wanted the other guy, and he was never the guy. You know what I'm saying? So he was good in Oakland. He was good in uh, Minnesota. But Minnesota wanted Dalvin Cook. And it just seems like to me like he always goes to a team where he is not the guy. And he always just gets, you know what I'm saying, basically the table scraps. And I don't feel like that's fair because I feel like Latavius has a lot to offer. And he's a very talented back. You know, I think that he can be one of those guys if teams invested in him. He can be a solid running back in the league. Uh, Iceman, what's going on, man? He says, if Alex can't stay healthy this season, I think we need to move on from him. Uh, three shoulder injuries back to back to back. Yeah, um, but you know what, Iceman? That was his issue when he was in college. When he was at the University of Florida, he was always hurt too. And that's one of the reasons why he slid down to the Saints. And you know, I always compare him to a linebacker, to linebacker Sean Lee with the Dallas Cowboys, a guy that when he is on the field, he flashes, he makes plays, but he, he's never on the field for you to see him splash and make plays. Hopefully, Alex Azalone can stay healthy this season and have a good, solid season because the Saints are really uh, dependent on him, man. The fact that A.J. Klein is gone, uh, the fact that he's no longer with the team, um, I think that that's um, – you know what I'm saying? That's crucial to them, but they're, they're really counting on him to uh, be successful. Iceman says, what up, TJ? Sorry I haven't been on in a minute, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all good, man. I understand, man. You know, working and stuff like that, doing different things. You know, I understand that, but I appreciate you stopping by today, Iceman. You know, keep up the good work, man. Uh, Inevitable says, uh, I like Azalone a lot, but I'm starting to wonder if he's damaged goods. Uh... Like I said, uh, he had those issues in college of uh, staying healthy. So it's not a surprise to me that he has been uh, dealing with injuries uh, throughout uh, his career in the NFL. I mean, so, I mean, you have guys who end up being hurt in college, never get hurt in the pros. And some guys that they get uh, hurt in the pros never got hurt in college. And then you have guys who got hurt in college and in the pros. So. Uh, a lot of things uh, need to be done by Alex Azalone and a decision going to definitely have to be made if they're going to uh, keep him around. You know, this is the deciding factor this season, in my opinion. Uh, John says, TJ, did you see the full interview with Alvin Kamara? We were worried that he was going to hold out, but he's not worried about that uh, contract at all. OK, uh, he definitely a team player and he's going to have a huge year. And prove what he is worth. Uh, yeah, I seen it. I posted it on a Facebook page. It's about 17 minutes, and I even um, pulled up a clip um, on the episode. Uh, I think day before yesterday of the State of the Saints podcast, and I talked about that. That was actually the topic of the show. And uh, you know, I, I said you know that Alvin Kamara uh, basically summed everything up. You know, he answered all the questions that would need to be answered uh, as far as him being hurt. As far as uh, him, you know what I'm saying, not playing um, up to snuff, you know, I think that we owe him, and, and you know, the benefit of the doubt because 
he has played well um, throughout his entire NFL tenure. So I think that uh, we need to give him uh, the benefit of the doubt and also give him credit uh, for actually uh, putting the team first, you know, not just with this contract negotiation, but even with him having a torn MCL, because that's what was going on with him. And anybody that ever had an MCL and know about MCL, it, it, it messes with your cuts and your ability to be elusive. So that's why a lot of times where we would look at Alvin Kamara and be like, man, at one time he would have made somebody miss, probably because he didn't have that burst or that wiggle because of that MCL tear. So uh, I, I give him a lot of credit. The fact that he put the team before himself, he could have easily went out there and re-aggravated re or made the situation even worse that could have caused him his contract. So I got a lot of respect for Alvin Kamara, and I'm definitely giving him the benefit of the doubt when it comes to him saying that he's hurt because I believe it. Uh, TJ's uh, hat from last night. Uh, so I'm only good for one night. <laughs> Oh, man, thank you for the $2. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, man. Look, we got to switch it up, man. We got to switch up the hats, you know what I'm saying? We got, we got different color hats. We're not just going to wear the same hat every day. But I appreciate the TJ's hat from last night. Uh, William says, the receiver from Tennessee. You talking about Marquez Callaway. I said last night I feel like he's going to make the team. I think that he is going to be uh, a guy that can contribute, but it's going to start on special teams. He's going to have to go out there and see – and show what he has on special teams. I don't I don't see him making a team unless he makes a splash on special teams. And I think that the Saints want to keep him around. I think he's going to be a pretty decent player, but he's going to start on special teams. Uh, Breeze will share snaps with Taysom and Winston. Uh, I think he's going to share snaps with Taysom, uh, Nicholas, but I don't think he's going to share snaps with Winston. Look, no matter what offense you're running, Having three quarterbacks uh, in control of the football is way too much. I mean, it is way too much uh, to actually try to implement all three quarterbacks in uh, offense each and every week. Okay, look, I, I think that we get a little bit uh, out of control when it comes to, like, who's going to get some snaps because we saw Teddy Bridgewater come in, but Teddy Bridgewater didn't play until Drew Brees actually got hurt. He was only in one game, and that was when that the Saints had that funny formation when they lined him up on outside as a receiver on in a Sunday night game. Besides that, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was on clipboard duty. So I don't think that we're going to be seeing a, a whole bunch of Jameis Winston. I don't think we're going to see Jameis Winston at all unless something happens to Drew Brees. I think you're going to see the combination of Taysom Hill and Drew Brees because, of course, Taysom uh, has a package. Uh, for him, you know what I'm saying, for himself, you know, as far as like throwing and running the football. But I don't see the same thing when it comes to uh, Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston is going to be a true backup quarterback. And if something happens to Drew, then he's going to come in. Uh, let's see. Daniel says, why do people refer to Michael Thomas as being a crybaby? Did I miss something? Um. I don't know, man. Like, I guess, like, because when the Saints lose, I guess they feel like, you know, he, he not a – I don't know. I guess, you know what I'm saying, he, he don't sit up there and, and and take it like a man, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think when they lost to the Cowboys, you know, I think all Ohio State players, you know, were out there taking pictures and Michael Thomas uh, was in the locker room. He ain't taking no part of it. And then, you know what I'm saying, him going back and forth with Stephon Diggs, you know, when Stephon Diggs was – uh, you know what I'm saying, cracking jokes and stuff like that after the wild card game the following week when the Minnesota Vikings went to San Francisco and got beat. Uh, I think Michael Thomas was on social media, you know what I'm saying, talking about uh, Stephon Diggs. So a lot of people just feel like, you know, he can dish it, but he can't take it. I don't know, man. This is what I feel. You know what I'm saying? Show me, uh, you know what I'm saying, show me a person, you know what I'm saying, that loves to, I mean, that's okay with losing and I'll show you a loser. You know, I feel like Michael Thomas is not a loser. I feel like he takes losses hard. I'm one of those people, too. I hate to lose in anything. I don't care if I'm playing marbles, jacks, tic-tac-toe. You know what I'm saying? I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is one of those things where I don't like to lose. And I feel like Michael Thomas is the same way. So, if they, I mean, if sitting in the locker room, you know what I'm saying, not want to shake hands and, doing all that politically correct stuff, like we're going to get them next year, Tiger, and all that kind of stuff. Like, 
you know, if you don't want to do that, I don't feel like you're a sore loser. That just means that you don't like to lose. I mean, that's just my opinion. But I can tell you one thing. The man had 149 receptions. The man led all wide receivers in, in yards last season. And he one of the most uh, prolific wide receivers, you know what I'm saying, when it comes to catching a ball, you know what I'm saying, that he is – he is the most consistent. That's the word I'm looking for. He's the most consistent wide receiver in the National Football League. And people can say what they want about his route running, short routes, this, that, and the third. But one thing you can't deny is the fact that when Drew Brees or Taysom Hill or Teddy Bridgewater threw him the football, he caught it. So they can talk all they want to, but he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now when it comes to analytics. Uh, Jarhead Fishing says, we'll see Winston when we're up at the end of the game when it doesn't matter. Yep, pretty much. You know what I'm saying? Garbage duty. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when it's when, when we're in prayer mode, you know what I'm saying? When you try when it's time to take a knee, you know what I'm saying? That's when you're gonna see James Winston. I don't think you're gonna see him without uh Drew Brees, you know, being injured or anything. I knew it was something wrong with Alvin, the way he was jumping over people and making uh making him look like hot garbage, something was wrong. Yeah, man, I mean, look, it, uh, MCL, man, like I said, it, it messes with, with your ability to be explosive, you know what I'm saying, to be able to shift and be elusive and cut and everything like that. So, um, I man, the fact that he was playing, I think he said uh, since the Jacksonville Jaguar game, I think that was like week, what, week four or something like that or week five, and he was out there playing. I think you got to give this man his respect, man. I think we got to put some respect on his name. You know what I'm saying? Because the fact that he was out there with that, respect. Uh, what do you think about uh, the new lineman? Uh, what, what new lineman are we talking about here? What, what new lineman are we we referring to here? Just give, give, give me a name, William, and I, I'll let you know. Daniel says, that's what I'm talking about. His numbers continuously grow, and he gets uh, fed no matter – how he's covered. Yep. And I always say, if you know that the Saints only have one wide receiver, right? If you know they only have one wide receiver and he's the guy that's going to get the majority of the, of the football thrown to him, why can't nobody stop him? That's all I'm saying. Like, they know Trey Quan Smith not going to do no damage. Ted Ginn Jr. ain't going to do no damage. Austin Carr ain't going to do no damage. So why can't they stop him? That that's just my my question, you know. So if he isn't as good as people say he is, like you look at people like Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones got Calvin Ridley, so Calvin Ridley can win, uh, win his one on ones, right? He can win his one on ones. Uh, you have uh, Chris Godwin out there with Mike Evans. Both of those guys can win their one on ones. Who does Michael Thomas have? Okay, so the fact that that guy had 149 receptions. And he led the league uh, among wide receivers and yards. That tells you everything you need to know about him. The fact that everybody in the arena knew that he was going to get the football, and he still got it, and he still was consistent. So come on, man! Like that says that says everything you need to know about uh, Michael Thomas and Mopping. A says, uh, "What you think about Marshawn Lattimore and Marcus Williams' contract uh, would look like, and when will we resign these uh, key players?" Uh, Ace, uh, you're probably looking at uh, some real big money when it comes to Lattimore, probably something that's uh, probably close to or equal to a Jalen Ramsey. And I know a lot of people are like, man, hold up, bro. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people have their ideas and their views about Marshawn Lattimore, but Marshawn Lattimore is one of the top, uh, excuse me, top cornerbacks in the National Football League. Rather you uh, talk about him giving up one player to uh, uh, at the time of the game, the guy is the most consistent and one of the best cornerbacks the New Orleans Saints has has ever had. In my opinion, he's the greatest cornerback the New Orleans Saints ever had. I don't care who y'all bring up. Y'all can bring up Jabari Griff. Y'all can bring up Tracy Porter, who just had a birthday. Happy birthday to Tracy Porter. Happy belated birthday, by the way. Um, you can say whatever you want to say. At the end of the day, uh, he is the best as far as his skill set, as far as his ability, or as far as his um, his hands and everything else, he's the best, in my opinion. I don't know how long you've been watching Saints football, but I've seen some hot garbage come to the New Orleans Saints organization and be back there in the secondary. 
getting roasted and toasted, misused and abused. Okay, that that's what was going on. So um, they're going to pay him. And as far as uh, Marcus Williams, I think he's probably going to get not be the highest paid safety, but he he might get a, a good fair share of money. I don't think he's going to get like a, a deal similar to Lattimore. I think the Saints are going to try to sign him about four or five years. Probably Marcus Williams, they're probably going to try to add on about two to three to him. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for the $5. He says the fact that he was still trying uh, to uh, say, to hurdle people during the 49ers game and even the last game, blocking for Cooks and his touchdown run, Kamara is a saint. Yeah, man, he is, you know. And he's a team player, too. You know, like a lot of people would have just phoned it in, especially guys being on a rookie contract and a guy that has a lot of promise to make a whole bunch of money like him. They probably would have shut it down. But that goes to show you the character and the human being that Alvin Kamara is. I don't want to hear anything else about Alvin Kamara as far as him like not wanting it, not wanting to be a saint. Uh, you know, being signed to Clutch Sports, missing Mark Ingram. I don't want to hear nothing about that, man. Like, when a guy's playing with a torn MCL and he's doing it for his team, and trust and believe him just being out there, it was freeing up some of those players on offense. It says a lot about this man, a lot. Inevitable says Kamara uh, should have shut it down. Uh, why should we have had a half-ass running game when we had a healthy Murray. Um, that's a good that's a good observation, and that's a good way of looking at it. I do blame uh, Sean Payton in this regard, inevitable. I feel like if he knew the severity of Alvin Kamara's injury, I feel like he shouldn't have used him as much. I feel like he should have used Murray. Even if uh, Alvin Kamara, you know, what was wrong with him, uh, didn't really affect him, you know, to a point where he has to miss some time. He can get rehabbed and stuff like that and still continue to play. Uh, but I still feel like they should have put a lot more on Latavius Murray and allow Latavius Murray to run the football and, and do a whole lot more. I feel like you could have really helped out Alvin Kamara. And honestly, I really don't understand why Alvin Kamara actually came back as early as he did. It wasn't like Latavius Murray was struggling. Latavius Murray was balling. Latavius Murray was out there running touchdowns against elite defenses like the Chicago Bears and, and catching the ball out the backfield. It wasn't like he went out there balling. So I, I don't understand it. You know, I can understand if it, it was a, a case where the running game was struggling and, and they couldn't get any type of yards or, you know, they couldn't do anything, then I would be like, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to try to get them back. But Latavius Murray, once again, like I always say, he had 159 yards from scrimmage in the absence of Alvin Kamara when he was starting in his place. So I don't get that. Uh, Mike McKenzie wasn't that bad, and uh, Jason Kraft uh, had potential, but just couldn't put it together. Uh, HDL, um, but Mike McKenzie, let, let's not get this twisted now. Let's not get this twisted. His best days were when he was in Green Bay with Al Harris on the opposite side of him. Okay, the Saints kind of got him in older age, and his best games were against Randy Moss. And I know y'all remember that game where the Saints signed him off the street to guard Randy Moss. I think that was during the time when the Saints made their championship Super Bowl run. The Saints actually uh, hired him for one game to go up against uh, Randy Moss, and he did a real good job on him. So – we didn't get the best Mike McKenzie. We got about maybe one or two good years up out of him. But as far as talent, as far as ability, as far as shutting top receivers down, I, I, I've never seen it at a level like Marshawn Lattimore do it. The only person I feel like that gives Marshawn Lattimore the most trouble is Adam Thielen. That's, that's the person I feel like giving him the most trouble. And also some of those slot receivers too, like Cooper Cup, give him trouble as well. But besides that, like, I really, you know, when it, when it's time to go up against people like Mike Evans and, and Julio and Amari Cooper, the guy rises to the occasion. You know, sometimes he falls asleep when it when it comes to, like, guys you don't feel like has that elite moniker, you know what I'm saying, or that, that elite stamp by their name. But he, he the best in my opinion. No doubt about that. Uh, let's see. What's going on, Herman, man? Shouts out to Herman, man. Overseas. 
uh, who that TJ? Giving my who that uh, some love from Italy. Uh, congrats on the wedding. I appreciate that, man. We got to marry uh, all of these nurse practitioners of the world. <laughs> I got me one, too. Uh, the best MP in the world. And, man, thank you very much. I appreciate that, Herman, man. Shouts out to Herman all the way in Italy, man. And, um, yeah, man, my girl, man, she is a nurse practitioner. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely feel like she the best in the world, um, not just being a nurse practitioner, but just the woman as a whole, man. I'm, I'm a very lucky man to have her in my life, and I love her. And I'm glad she has my last name now. So, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Wine uh, says, with the cap most likely going down next season, who are we not going to be able to pay? Um, man, we're gonna be able to pay everybody. I, I don't, I don't put anything past uh, Mickey Loomis wine. I don't, you know, so that man is a cap wizard. I, I, I didn't think that we'll be able to keep some of the guys that we kept, but he always finds a way to do it. I mean, when we were cap struck a couple years back, he still was bringing guys in. And I'm like, what in the heck did he do in order to get this guy? I. I I don't, I don't know, but they'll, they'll find a way. Uh, Lattimore needs to find a way to keep himself motivated because he knows he's good. So I think he gets lazy and bored sometimes. Yeah, I agree. You know, I think that's a, that's a good observation too. Inevitable. I feel like uh, sometimes he gets lost in the lights and he feel like the quarterbacks not going to try him. The fact that, uh, you know, you got people that don't have, his skill set on the opposite side, most likely teams are going to try to uh, take advantage of those matchups at that second cornerback spot. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. Teams going to try him more than they try Janoris Jenkins because Janoris Jenkins has a reputation of being a shutdown. He has a reputation of being physical. He has a reputation for being a short tackler. Teams are going to try Marshawn Lattimore before they try Janoris Jenkins. So we are probably going to find out how good Marshawn Lattimore really is because if I was a team, I won't be trying to throw at Janoris Jenkins. I, I just wouldn't. I would be, not be trying to throw at him because he's locked in all game long. He's locked in all game long. You know, so you, you don't have to worry about him, like, out there getting roasted and toasted and, and not, you know what I'm saying, because he was lost in the lights. I don't see that happening. You know, this guy, that guy is a bully when it comes to being a corner. He's, he's, a, he's a bully, and he don't take nothing from nobody. And, you know what I'm saying, we know that he has great ball hawking skills. So, Marshawn Lattimore better be ready. Uh, was helping a customer? Not sure if you answered my question, host. Uh, Kimo, I'm not sure, man. If you can uh, ask, ask the question again, you know, I'll make sure that I answer it this time. The feed going by pretty fast, and, uh, you know, so I probably passed it up. Let's see. Uh, who that? Uh, what up, who that nation? Orange, Texas, represent. Much love to all my Saints supporters. Turn up. Yeah, what's going on, Jason? Appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we got Ace right here. Ace says, I don't think people realize how good uh, their brother is. Just need better tackling, tackle um, if technique. Well, look, this is this is why I feel about him. I feel like he's a decent tackler. I think he's an above average tackler uh, for a corner. Uh, I just feel like he just like uh, inevitable said. I think he needs to be motivated to play um, all four quarters and be locked in the whole game. I feel like uh, you know if he does that, then I think the sky's the limit for the New Orleans Saints. I don't feel like nobody's going to be able to stop the team. Nobody's going to be able to stop us from achieving the ultimate goal, which is a Super Bowl. As long as these guys stay healthy and they stay dialed in, I don't feel like anybody uh, that the Saints can't go up against and, and you know and beat. So if he if he can stay locked in, we should be okay. Uh, the roster is stacked. Yeah, I agree with that. The truth hurts, and um, I feel like the Saints have uh, talent all over the board. I think we're always looking for more talent. I think the Saints fans out there, I think we're just a little nervous because we understand the mistakes that the Saints have made. And even if they weren't mistakes, we know about some of the disappointments uh, due to the fact that some of the guys that we wanted to count on and lean and depend on, uh, you know what I'm saying, they, they end up getting hurt or, you know, they end up, uh, we end up losing them in, in crucial parts of the game. Uh, case, in part, uh, case in point, Jared Cook in that 49ers game. So, I just think that we look at 
the Saints having more depth, more depth, more depth, because we don't want any setbacks. And I get it. The Saints are loaded. You know, we we talk about people like Janoris Jenkins and we talk about people like uh, Marshawn Lattimore, but we don't even mention people like DJ Swearinger. You know what I'm saying? DJ Swearinger is a good safety. You know what I'm saying? Like a ball hawking safety. Um, the only reason why a lot of teams decided to uh, let him go is because of his injuries. But when DJ Swearinger is out there, man, that boy be balling. You get what I'm saying? He be out there playing. Now, we ain't even talking about him. We ain't even talking about Malcolm Jenkins, you know what I'm saying, really emerging, you know what I'm saying, can possibly be the leader in the secondary. We're not talking about some of these other guys, you know what I'm saying, that can come up there and, and rise to the occasion. We're talking about these same two cornerbacks. So the Saints got a lot of talent all across the board, even guys that don't really get that much attention. Uh, Tim, thank you very much for the $10. He says, our secondary just needed uh, veteran leadership because I feel like uh, the talent is there, but no direction. If Jenkins can teach Lattimore how to play every snap, there'll be a nasty duo in the league. Uh, thank you very much once again for the $10, Tim. I appreciate that. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I feel like uh, the, they got they got a combination of veteran leadership and, and respectable veteran leadership. You know, like I feel like the Saints, uh, when they got guys in the secondary that were seasoned veterans, uh, to me, those were seasoned veterans, but they were guys that never won nothing. You know what I'm saying? And guys that aren't uh, recognized as being good for something. Just place players, role players, the Danny Greens of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like the, the you know what I'm saying? The, the 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 Van Fleets of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like the people that that are role players that can you know what I'm saying that can do some good things, but nobody is considering them as being superstars. But when you have guys that come in with legitimacy, legitimate. Players like Malcolm Jenkins and Janoris Jenkins and DJ Swearinger. You got guys like that in the secondary who have been um, some of the best players on their teams at one time, okay, at their position. So the way I see it, like, I feel like there's a good combination of veteran leadership. And it's also what happened with the Mario Davis. You know, like, guys don't mind, you know, coming in and, and seeing a C on a guy's uh, shirt and following them. But I feel like they will be more willing to follow them more and be more attentive uh, when a per when one of those players say something to them uh, when that player actually has some some skins on the wall. And Malcolm Jenkins is a two time Super Bowl winning champion. You got to remember he won in his rookie season with the Saints. And then you have, like I said, Janoris Jenkins, who has arguably been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL. Probably nobody really talking about him because the Giants weren't very good when he was playing for him. And then you have DJ Swearinger, like I said, is a hard-hitting safety who can intercept the ball and bring it back to the house. So that's a lot of respect in that, that secondary. Respect I don't feel like you would have got from a guy like Kenny Vaccaro, who was doing a good job in Tennessee, by the way. Uh, but I don't feel like he had the same level, of, uh, same cachet, or somebody like a Delvin Bro, or, you know what I'm saying, people like that. I don't feel like they they – carry the same type of weight so i feel like those guys that the saints have now are going to automatically get respect due to what they have done in the league as long as they've been there and those young players are going to follow behind them so it's a good combination uh let's see uh james says our defense made some pretty great stops last season but we allowed too many yards on the ground uh against the uh vikings well look James, I have to disagree with that. Uh, the Saints have not allowed a 100-yard rusher in almost two years, okay? Uh, the New Orleans Saints uh, running uh, defense is very, very good, okay? Now, it kind of fell off a little bit after Marcus Davenport went down, and that's why I got to tell y'all, you know, when people be talking about, man, Davenport, man, he ain't getting no sacks. Uh, where, where the pressure at? Where the double digits at? Nah, man, sometimes, look, I understand what the defensive end is supposed to do, but y'all need to understand too. One of their jobs is to stop the run, and he did, and he did that very, very well. Okay, like you think I think about the game against the Atlanta Falcons, right? The game he didn't play. The majority of the runs that the, the Atlanta Falcons had, they ran to the left, the left side where Davenport was, the guy that set the edge. So. A lot of that came from the fact that you had guys that were replacing him, even though Trey Hendrickson replaced him and he did a good job as far as like getting pressure. 
Trey Hendrickson is a guy who gets pressure on a quarterback. He's not known for his run-stopping skills like Davenport is. So that had a lot to do with it. That's the reason why I feel like the Saints suffered, and that's one of the reasons why a lot of the runs came to the left side uh, when teams were running against them and not to right where Cam Jordan was. There was a reason for that. So I think that Davenport being healthy this season and hopefully him playing a 16-game season, that will cease and desist real quick. So I feel like that had a lot to do with it. Uh, TJ, uh, do you think Malcolm Brown will thrive more in his second season? I think he will. Uh, yeah, Jarhead, you know, I have to say I was pleasantly surprised um, about uh, Malcolm Brown and the way that he played for the New Orleans Saints. Um, and th that shows you the type of character that Malcolm Brown has. I have a lot of respect for Malcolm Brown because Malcolm Brown could easily say, you know what, man, I got two Super Bowls with the Patriots. I can go out here right now, you know what I'm saying, and name my price, get this Skrilla, and, um, you know what I'm saying, and just get as much money as I possibly can to, to get myself financially stable for when I retire. He could easily do that. But he was out there playing and doing a very solid job for the New Orleans Saints. So I think he is going to have a good season. And I have to say I respect the hell out of his character, man, like for real, like. So many players, man, they win these Super Bowls and they go to these teams. They just be trying to collect the check. But this guy, you know what I'm saying, he, he I feel like he wants to collect the check. Of course, you know what I'm saying, he want to make money. But I, I feel like he has a lot of pride, you know, and, and he tries to play his best. So I think he is going to have a solid season. Uh, let me see. Uh, uh, Jason says, tell me why uh, we can't just admit our mistakes and cut Davenport. Uh, then sign Griffin. I believe uh, this little window we have left with Breeze, Griffin will be an immediate impact. Jason, I 100% disagree with you on this. I, I, I do. I, I completely disagree with you on this. And um, I, I feel like we're so quick in the that Nation sometimes to just throw guys away because a guy gets hurt. Or, you know what I'm saying? He has some setbacks. What if I told you in the first two seasons uh, – Marcus Davenport had more sacks than Cam Jordan. Do you know that Cam Jordan in his rookie season didn't even have a sack? Did you know that? Do you know in the second season, uh, I think he had about four sacks. But we respect the hell out of uh, Cam Jordan. And you can say, okay, well, Cam Jordan, you know what I'm saying, he, he ain't missed no games. He didn't. But for you not be a rookie and be the Saints' top pick in the first round of the draft and get absolutely no sacks, I think we would still have been having this conversation about why did we sign Cam Jordan? Why did we draft this kid? Look, man, Davenport is not that bad to a point where we have to say, oh, man, he's not good, or, you know what I'm saying, no, he ain't good enough, or it was a mistake. This guy, like I said, had more sacks than Cam Jordan did his first two seasons. The guy sets the edge. According to Pro Football Focus, he's ranked number one at run stopping when you run to his side. You know what that tells me? He's a really good run stopper. And I know what we think, you know what I'm saying? Like the defensive end's job is to just to sack the quarterback, but it's way more than that. You don't believe me? Go watch a defensive end that can just get pressure on a, on a quarterback but can't stop the run and see what teams actually do. They just do delayed handoffs and run to that person's side. You know what I'm saying? Go, go ask Dexter Manley back in the day for the Washington Redskins, a guy who used to get pressure on the quarterback but couldn't stop the run to save his mama life. You know what I'm saying? And one of the main reasons why he hasn't been inducted into the Hall of Fame just yet. So I'm not ready to give up on Davenport, and I'm definitely not going to give up on Marcus Davenport for a 32-year-old defensive end that you're possibly going to have maybe one or two years out of. Davenport is about 24 years old, and you you have, like, his, his whole entire career is ahead of him, and you can get rid of him if you want to. Somebody's going to sign him, and you're going to be – I hate to say it like this, Jason, but you're going to be one of them people that we we hear say, why did we get rid of this guy? Because he has that type of talent. Don't believe me? Go watch him in that Redskin game. Go watch him in that uh, 2018 Minnesota Viking game. Go see how disruptive this guy was. Go see his athletic ability and go see how good he is when it comes to stopping a run and getting his hands on those running backs and bringing them down to the ground. It's not always about getting a whole bunch of sacks, okay? I understand that that's what everybody, you know what I'm saying, expects of you. And I understand that 
you feel like he needs to have double digit sacks. But this guy's in his second year in the NFL, and he's only going to get better from here. So I just say, man, just be patient with him. You know, we want people to automatically just be world beaters as soon as they come off the gate, uh, come off the porch, man. But it takes time. It, it takes uh, it, it takes time to develop, man. These guys. So I'm not ready to give up on them just yet. Uh, Dwayne says, "What happened to TJ?" Uh, he says, uh, "I missed the podcast." Uh, how big of an impact do you think Ty Montgomery will have on our offense? Who that nation forever? Who that? Who that? Who that? Uh, thank you, Dwayne. What's going on, man? Uh, Ty Montgomery. Uh, I feel like he's going to have a a little bit of an impact. Um, I don't know how much, uh, due to the fact that you know, I mean, they're just starting training camp. I mean, he's a smart guy. He went to Stanford for God's sake, so I know he's not going to have an issue when it comes to uh, you know, uh, learning a playbook. I think the Saints are going to use him in different ways, but I think they're going to use him in the wide receiver role. I think they're going to use him um, like that. So, um, yeah, you know, I think they're going to use him, but I don't know how much. It depends on, like, how he develops. Uh, Donald Wood Jr. says, when you got all your guys out there on the football field and healthy, you will see the defense play at another level. Yeah, I I agree with that. You know what I'm saying? I I agree with that. Look, that's the thing. Like, Man, like, shouts out to Jason, man. I mean, I understand your skepticism. Like, I don't want you to think, like, man, man, TJ, man, like, bro, I respect your opinion. And anybody that ever follows me, and if this is your first time, I'm not the guy that say I have all the answers. That's never going to come from me. I'm just giving you all my opinion. You know, I, I think that you all have very valid points, and I can understand the skepticism. But I do feel like sometimes in a Who That Nation, we get a little bit of impatient because – I think we we look at draft positioning. We look at when guys were drafted, and we expect these guys to move heaven and earth right away. But you also have to look at the fact when it comes to Davenport, man. I mean, this guy went to the University of Texas at San Antonio. Okay? I mean, that's that's where he went. You know what I'm saying? Like, we think that Teron Armstead just automatically became, like, a solid offensive lineman coming out of Arkansas Pine Bluff. He did not. Like, he, he didn't. You know what I'm saying? The Saints had, what, Jamal Brown as the offensive uh as the left tackle during that time. You know what I'm saying? And it took uh, uh, Armstead to actually develop in order to take that spot. And the Saints just kind of took a chance on him. So I think that we ex- our expectations are way too high sometimes. And we can't just look at guys as damaged goods when, you know, they have a little bit of uh, some little bit of hardships. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't feel like, I don't feel like that's, that should be like, you know what I'm saying? A deciding factor that, you know, that, that tells us, oh, man, this guy's going to be, you know what I'm saying, terrible, or this guy's not going to be good, or this guy's not going to be, you know what I'm saying, like, the, the you know, a, a good, solid player. Like, I I don't I don't think that we need to do that, man. I, I think we need to be patient. I think that we need to, um, you know what I'm saying, just have a little bit of, you know what I'm saying, a little bit of patience when it comes to these guys and, and just allow them to develop, you know what I'm saying? Just allow these guys to develop, allow these guys to uh, really live out to their true uh, full potential. Now, if it's like four or five years down the line and we're having these conversations about Davenport and, you know what I'm saying, like he's always hurting stuff like that, then let's, you know, let, let's go back and we can talk about this. But, I mean, two years and, I mean, when he's on the field, like he, you know he's there, you know what I'm saying, like, I don't know. I don't think I, I want to give up on that. Uh, TJ, I can respect your I can respect your perspective, but when you give up two first rounders for a player, they are expecting to come in and ball out. Um, not all. I mean, not always necessarily the truth. Okay, I mean, that's not always necessarily true. Okay, because teams, you know, what I'm saying they'll move up for a guy. You know, what I'm saying based on his potential. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they will do that at times. They feel like they have the, the right coaches in place in order to bring a guy in and, and develop him. Like, these, they, like they knew this guy was, like, rough around the edges, okay? They knew it. Like, they knew he was rough around the edges at the beginning. But I think they felt like he, he had something special. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it felt like it, it was something in him that they felt like they can actually – turn into something way, way more special. So 
I think that when you look at it and, and you and you you focus in on it and you pay attention to it, I think that the Saints were right. You know, like you look at some of the plays that he made, I can understand why the Saints decided to move up for him. I just think that we just, like I said, I just think that we expect certain things out of players or sometimes like we we have too high of expectations for young players. I don't I don't think that I don't think that uh we need to look at it that way. I look at him being a solid run stopper right now. I look at him uh getting better and better um each and every year and that's all you can act for. But I don't I don't think I'm not ready to give up on a guy yet. I, I I'm not. Uh, let's see. Hold on, hold on one second, y'all. I got a notification here. I got it. Um, hold on one second, folks. I gotta, I gotta answer this. I apologize for that, folks. I had to answer that. That was important. Um, let's see. But uh, thank you, man, Jason. That's a good point that you were making there. Um, Jamarcus says, uh, who that, TJ? Do you think Michael Thomas can break uh, Marvin Harrison's record again? Uh, it's possible. You know, I, I think that it's possible that uh, he can you, he can break the record. You know, like, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't think it's, any, it's, it's nothing – it's nothing that uh, he can't do. You know what I'm saying? I, I I don't think it's nothing he can't do. I think he can do it all. I think that he can do anything he set his mind to. He gets better each and every year. I, I think that he doesn't settle for less. And like I said, man, I respect the heck out of him. Like, I respect the heck out of Michael Thomas, man. An incredible, incredible play. Like, really, really, really incredible. Uh, but folks, I'm going to go ahead and get up out of here. Um, but I want to say thank you for checking out the state of the saints podcast. Uh, also I want to get, thank you, uh, Jason for donating the $5 donation and Dwayne for the 99 cent as always. <laughs> thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, be sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you haven't already youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast, also facebook.com follow on Facebook, um, at state of the saints podcast. And also follow on Twitter at State of Saints. And also previous episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast from. Pretty sure the State of the Saints podcast is available to you. And uh, thank you all very much. Uh, have a good and productive day. You know, much love to you. And like always, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>